When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Andy Murray and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. <laughs> Catherine Whittaker and myself, David Law, come to you from Melbourne Park. We've made it. We are under blue skies, wispy white clouds. Catherine's here for Eurosport. I'm here for BBC Radio. We're brought to you in association with The Telegraph. And we're delighted to be here. And we're here because of you. And that's because Kickstarter has been completed. We've reached our target. So that's that's magnificent. means that we can do the show throughout the year. But we've got to get onto a pretty big talking point a huge story has broken today that Andy Murray is to retire this year and he is not going to be playing tennis after Wimbledon of this year he's come into a press conference today he's announced that his target is Wimbledon but even that feels a little bit of an optimistic target right now he came into his press conference um, he broke down upon answering the first question of the day, which was, quite simply, how are you feeling? And he said, not great. And he broke into tears. He had to leave the room for a few minutes. He came back in and he explained that he's been playing with pain throughout this period. Um, We we know that he played a, a practice match yesterday with Novak Djokovic, which Catherine attended, and she'll be able to tell you more about that. But really it was very clear that Andy Murray has reached the end game here and he knew it a a couple of months ago he knew that he needed to set himself an end point as he described it he said I had to do that with my team and we decided Wimbledon would be where I'd want to go out if I can but as he sat there in tears it was quite clear he he doesn't actually know if he can stand it whether he can stand playing tennis until that point such as the pain he's dealing with and he admitted that this may be his final tennis tournament as a professional he's not going to play doubles on the side he's not going to just become a doubles only player um, and with Roberto Bautista Agut his first round opponent here it's possible Catherine it's quite possible that that could be the final match of his career yeah if not probable um, it's, it's been a it's been a harrowing morning, really. I hope I hope people understand using a a word like that. I know sometimes people say, "Oh, it's only sport." It's, but well, read my blog for for articles for for uh, arguments about you know why I don't really believe in that sort of "it's only sport" um, throwaway line that comes out a lot. You know, 
it was it's been an absolutely gut-wrenching way to start the tournament um for us and and a thousand times worse for Andy Murray and I, I can't believe how surprised I am by it because as you say I, I went to that practice match yesterday it was it's kind of a new thing this year for the Australian Open that these practice matches are they're advertised to the public um they've, they've they've got an umpire they've got ball boys they've got line judges it feels like an official match they've got Hawkeye for goodness sake and I, I'm sat there thinking I, I don't know the 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 logical part of my brain is going this couldn't this could be potentially a pretty difficult watch but then another part of my brain is saying but the fact that he's agreed to this he's agreed to this toughest toughest of tests of where he's at and agreed to do it publicly he must feel some optimism um and an hour later i left the margaret court arena feeling feeling really sad really really sad um it was yeah I mean that was pretty harrowing frankly it was you know he I know Stuart Fraser's reported that he didn't he didn't retire from the match that they'd run out of time but I was sat there watching it and after Andy went and and shook hands Djokovic hit for a further 10 minutes with Marion Vida just doing drills while Andy just sat there in seemingly in despair surrounded by his team shaking his head and and I think I mean I think that was not the first moment that he fully confronted what he was dealing with but maybe that was the the real penny dropping um that not even Wimbledon might that might be beyond him this I mean year. look the way I see it on the basis of what I witnessed yesterday um and I hope I'm wrong and I hope that there was, the yesterday was a particularly bad day um, and that there was maybe something else going on, I don't know. But if, if what I saw yesterday, 6-1-4-1 retired practice match against Novak Djokovic where, in all honesty, Djokovic was barely trying, um, I see the round one match against Roberto Batista Agut is kind of an exhibition. Mm. I mean, you couldn't wish for a worst... A, a worse opponent than Batista Rigu, who's gonna his whole deal is making making his opponent run. I mean, I I actually spare a little thought for for him, for for Batista Rigu, because that is a tough tough assignment. If he if he goes full pelt again, I hope what I witnessed yesterday was not the whole story. But if Batista Rigu goes full pelt against the Andy Murray that I win yesterday, we're talking about a Murray that can barely win points. Mm. And that is, it's not what I want to see from Andy Murray. Um, I spoke to him this morning, good on him. I mean, he did a full hour of press, I think. And it was clear that as difficult as it was, he wanted to talk. I think his agent wanted him to talk and get it all out there. It was the first time he's really fronted up to us about he's, the fact he's that he's been... The fact, he used the word agony, didn't he? Mm. He said, I've been in agony for 20 months and... I don't want to put words into his mouth, but we all know what it's like when you're feeling something you don't want to feel and saying it out loud is something you don't want to do because that makes it more real. And I feel like there's an element of that with Andy Murray and, and the pain he's in. I mean, to hear him to hear him talk about a potential surgery option, which is this hip resurfacing thing, to hear him talk about that in terms of just 
an option that might improve his quality of life. We're not even talking about tennis here, we're talking about post-retirement, day-to-day. He was talking about improved quality of life, which is, you know, what we're talking about with my 95-year-old grandpa that's in hospital at the moment, just having had a hip replacement. Do you know what I mean? Like, seeing this, this guy that two years ago was world number one, who's just had everything snatched away from him and taken out of his control, talk about measures to improve the quality of his life is just it's 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 unthinkable it's and it's hard to go from that to to thinking of a possible way that he can play for another six months I mean it might be that he stops and comes back for a sort of testimonial type thing at Wimbledon but it must have been awful for for him yesterday to he knew Djokovic wasn't trying can you imagine how that feels, yeah. your great rival? The thing is, he wants to be a tennis player. He doesn't want to be a kind of circus act. No. And I'm quite sure no matter what happens, every every tournament under the sun will be wanting to make a fuss of him and, and, and you know, show their love, really. And I think that that's, that's fine, but I don't, I don't think he will want beyond this match if he's not going to be competitive in the way that he wants to be competitive, I don't see him wanting to just be rolled out to play some some games. Uh, the, the thing he said to me that... And I, I got three questions with him for Eurosport and he was, he was choking on his words in the first and uh, I, I stopped the interview. Sort of... He, he, he got most of a third answer out and... I felt like it was, you know, torture for. He, he wanted to speak, but equally, he just, he just couldn't find the words. Again, we all know. I think most of us know what that feels like. But the thing that that put a lump in my throat during that interview was um, him saying it's not fun anymore. You know, he's put himself through what he's put himself through for the last twenty months because he loves tennis and he wants to do it. So for him to admit to himself and now to us that he doesn't enjoy it anymore because of the pain that he's in, I mean, that's, that's everything, isn't it? Mm. What, why, why is he, he's obviously looking in the mirror and going, why am I doing this if it's not fun anymore? So that, that is another thing that makes me question whether we'll see him beyond, beyond Monday night. It'd be interesting to see what the tournament do with him on Monday night, do with that match, um, given that, for me, I think it's a highly likelihood that that is his last ever professional match. Mm. Night session in Rod Laver Arena. I mean, my guess is they'll ask Andy what he wants, but that would surely be a fitting. I, I, who, who knows exactly what will happen? I mean, I, I think I think at this stage that what they will want to do is let him be the professional that he is and play the match and then after it they'll probably make a fuss of him if, if he's okay with that um, I don't know 100% but it's um, I think the thing is I was getting your text yesterday when you, I was in the air uh, coming to Melbourne and you were telling me what was happening on that in that practice match and, and you you said a couple of things to me that you didn't put out publicly and I think that that's the thing that, that at the time we, we don't want to be imposing our own mm. I, I know it's kind of our job to give our, uh, our views on what we're seeing but you almost don't you don't want to impose your own version of events onto somebody's 
life and career when it means that much to them in a way you want them to be able to make that call and I also think as well frankly we've been made fools of by Roger Federer a couple of times you know all of us have um, but I I was told this morning by my BBC radio producer that I didn't need to come in today that I could just have a day off in Melbourne and, and just get over the jet lag got in, got in at midnight last night just take it easy I'd already got my bag packed. I was already on my way here because I wanted to come to this press conference. Now, I'm not saying I knew it would happen, but I did. Th- I did think it's not impossible that this is the end. You were the first person that's. I mean, not out loud because you were, you were on a, cramped up on a flight from, <laughs> from Dubai to Melbourne. But you were the first person that said in writing to me, he could retire today or tomorrow. You know. You're the first person that expressed. And I'm not that. looking for credit for that. It's it's more just that that the sense was for me if you can't play if you can't play after all these months of rehab you've tried everything I I said a while back it's about leaving no stone unturned and he's turning them all over one at a time and there's no stones left and I felt the same as I said I left Margaret Quarterini yesterday feeling sad I felt yeah I felt completely deflated and then I saw what he'd done on Instagram last night there was the um, that a, a fan had put a tweet out saying uh, put an Instagram post out sorry saying you know all my dreams come true Andy Murray was was my hero I finally got the chance to watch him yeah. play in this practice match and maybe that was why he said yes to the not her specifically but but you know people like that um, the, the thought of people that you know just wanted to get a glimpse of of him playing and and um, she said, you know, all, all my dreams come true. He's an inspiration, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he responded to it and said, I'm I'm really sorry I didn't put on a better show for you. Mm. Um, and then offered her tickets to to see him play on Monday. And I, and I looked at that and I thought, oh, well, okay, that's not a guy that's thinking about retiring here and now. But then obviously with the benefit of hindsight of what's happened today I now see that all that is is a reflection of how tormented and anguished and torn he's been um, over the past few weeks and months and and the fact that yesterday's practice match probably brought things to a crashing, crashing head of realisation for him and uh, there was a I hope it's not overstepping the mark to share to share something I witnessed um, while he was doing his bits and bobs of well, more than bits and bobs, his sort of full hour of media today. He uh, he did his did his press conference, spoke to World Feed, spoke to Channel Nine, then uh, came and spoke to me for Eurosport, then spoke to to Russell for for BBC Radio, and then he left to go into a, a smaller side room to have a a chat with the the Brit journos, the the outcome of which I'm sure we'll be seeing in the papers over the weekend. A lot of it will be embargoed. I'm eagerly anticipating, you know, what he poured out there, and we'll have Simon on over the coming days to to talk about that. But before he went into that side room, Jamie Delgado was uh, was waiting for him outside the little TV interview room, and he'd obviously, I guess, been contacted by by Matt Gentry and his agent, and told. And he's all but retired here, here and now. And Andy saw him there waiting, and uh, 
they just collapsed onto one another in an embrace, sobbing on one another's shoulders, and uh, it was it. <laughs> I, it was it was one of the most sort of beautiful, awful things I've ever seen, and I I felt like I was imposing by looking at it, but equally I couldn't stop looking at it because it was yeah. it was incredible and yeah. awful and and uh, sort of told you everything about what they've been through together to try and to try and get back to to where they want to be and yeah. and realizing it's not possible. Yeah. I think that just about sums it up. Um, yeah, tough, tough morning that way. And and again, because it, it is a sport, and and it's you know it's not life and death in that in that way. I, I'm I'm reluctant to 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 get too dramatic about things like that. But but at the same time, the, you, you can't you can't ignore what the gut tells you, and it is pretty gut wrenching to to have um, to have witnessed that press conference today because. I think it goes beyond hitting balls back and forth and so forth. I, I he he he's had 18 months really where he really I think he's been in shock a lot of the time because two years ago he was world number one. He's supposed to have been battling it out with Nadal, Federer, and Djokovic for the game's major titles in this two-year period, which is supposed to be his peak, and he just can't do it. And I think that that. That has been very, very tough for him. Uh, and actually, what's interesting is that when you when you look back at the the U.S. Open, is just how incredibly well he did to be that competitive. Because I listened back to our podcast following the Vadasco match on the plane over, and I was convinced at the time that he was back, that this is doable. Um, but then my mind goes back to a little conversation I had with Nigel Sears, his father-in-law and, and, and very well-respected coach of Annette Contivate. And, and Nigel said that after that match in Washington where he beat uh, Marius Koppel and then in the middle of the night back home and then just collapsed into tears. in the middle tears. of the night in Washington. Yeah, yeah. and, and he, he sobbed uncontrollably, didn't he, on his chair. And, and Nigel sent a sort of jovial message to him and uh, come on Rocky you don't have to take them all three hours you know you can you can win some of these in straight sets you know and and he didn't reply with humour this time he replied just with sort of desperation that I'm playing in pain and I'm getting I'm fed up of playing in pain um, and that that ultimately is is something that only the, the individual can tell you their threshold, can decide that threshold. And it, it clearly today, from what he was saying, it's getting worse, if not, be- it, not better. Um, so, well, so be it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I make no apology for, for how emotional I feel about it. And I don't, I don't think any of us should really. I mean... First of all, seeing another human being in in despair—I don't care what that's about. That, yeah, sure. yeah it, it, it's it's right to feel emotional about that, and and. Uh, well, you feel how Andy you Murray's, feel. Andy Murray's been a significant part of all of our lives, um, and uh, I, I, he will be involved in tennis. I think he needs some time to to figure everything out and come to terms with it. It's not that he won't be a feature of our lives anymore but but it's kind of everything changes from today yeah. onwards doesn't it everything changes we're, we're kind of 
we're sorrowful for him we're sorrowful for ourselves we're mourning an era mm. and actually that was the and sort of that was the atmosphere in that press conference room it was funereal in a way um, and because look you know he's had his moments with the media here we've gone head to head about things he hasn't agreed with things that have been said or written people haven't agreed with him about his behavior from time to time but there's there's a huge amount of mutual respect certainly respect towards Andy Barry I don't want to put words in his mouth but certainly there's a lot of respect but I think there is and there I actually is. think that there is also the, the, the time he gave to us all today yeah there, there is yeah and I also think that there is an affection uh, for the human being I think we have got to know Andy Murray and it over the years I mean it was a, a rough beginning in one one or two quarters um, but I also think that that is reflected in the way the world has got to know him over the year, years he's grown up and in front of us um, and look at the way he's allowed us to get to know him I mean we've all learnt more about him just today from witnessing what we do I know we've seen outpourings of emotion from him before but even today we've we've reached sort of a new level of understanding about about who he is and what he's been through and they don't all let you in like that and I know it hasn't always been the case with Andy Murray he's had to go on a journey with, with the media and with the public but um, yeah boy has he sort of achieved a, a level of opening up which um, which I, I think we should all feel pretty privileged about really I mean for me he's I realise I say this with both recency bias and tennis bias but for me he is Great Britain's greatest ever athlete I know I can be challenged on that but equally I feel like I could defend that position pretty well in a Mm. debate and this is a a sad sad day Mm. and I know I know it was always going to come regardless of hip injury whatever but for it for it not to have happened on his terms not even remotely on his terms um, and to, to witness the despair that he feels about it is uh, it's pretty terrible really we will get back to talking about happier things and tennis and in the days to come and actually I think we'll we'll, we'll probably go daily from here we, we were going to do a sort of reaction podcast to the interview day tomorrow but I, I, as Catherine said I, I, we'd like to talk to Simon Briggs when we get that opportunity to, to do so because he's, he's he comes at it from a slightly different angle Poor Matt's still in the air oh yeah grad Matt's on his way folks <laughs> You're not missing much, worry, Matt. Matt. You haven't missed anything. Um, and we obviously we, we want to go through the draw with some with some detail and and really get into that and make our predictions, all the rest of it. But I hope you'll understand why we are devoting this show to Andy Murray because this is we talked about it a week or two ago, didn't we? About at some point one of these great icons of the sport in this incredible era both men and women is going to retire and and this is the first one um and it it requires reflection um and and also just the manner of it today is uh well it's something that i don't think i'll ever forget i mean i've I've been around long enough to see a lot of people retire um and i was i was speaking briefly earlier on today to ivan lubicic um, who, who doesn't speak to the media anymore? Uh, we've joked about it that he was federal lockdown. Yeah, he is, and I respect that. You know, that's his call. I, I don't mind that, but he, he's always very sociable and very friendly off off air, etc. But I said to him, 
would you would you talk to me about Andy Murray on BBC Radio? And he he said he thought for a minute. He said, "Yeah, I will," because he talked about me when I retired, and I really appreciated it. Um, and they all go through this. They all go through this. Uh, Mark Philippus, as I spoke to earlier on, who, who's another athlete whose body just sort of didn't allow him to do the things he wanted to do. I mean, as he himself said, Andy Murray's got way, way more out of his career and body than he ever did and, and was, a, was a better player, honestly. But and, and look, it was going to happen at some point. It's just that it's, it feels like Andy Murray and the tennis world has been denied probably about three or four years compared to what it expected uh, maybe, maybe it's a bit greedy because you know you go back into previous eras and players when they were 31 well they do retire but he was at the top of the hill two years ago and that's that's what's so hard I think to to accept the the, 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 the speed with which this has, this has gone downhill. I can't think of any trajectories that have been even close to comparable to, to Andy Murray. Yes there are there are Philippususes that have you know, had had to face up to their athletic mortality a lot sooner than they'd have wanted to, and had you know had things taken out of their control. But for somebody to have basically plummeted from their absolute peak into, I mean, okay, it's it's been drawn out over two years, but really, okay, you had the the first half of of twenty seventeen, but since then with the benefit of hindsight we now know the writing's been on the wall the writing's been on the wall since he was world number one I, c- I can't think of anything even close to that in mm. tennis I-, I have to give it some some more thought I mean I, I don't know if there there are any other sports people that you know at tennis podcast let us know but off the top of my head I just can't think of anything like it yeah um This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hello, tennis podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. 
Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Very briefly, uh, just before we get on to this, just, just very briefly about Andy Murray's career. Is the one thing that stands out above all else that as, a, as a moment... Or do you want to give that a bit more thought as well? I think... I think we might not be sitting here now, today, talking about this now. If Andy Murray... I think there are two things that if he hadn't done them, hadn't committed to them, this, this day might have been put off. And I don't know that. I'm not a medical expert. I don't know the details of his injury enough. But my feeling is that had he not given his heart and soul to winning the Davis Cup and to hauling himself to world number one at the end of 2017... Talk about mind over matter. We wouldn't... I think think he exhausted about 50% of his canister on those two efforts. Yeah and he would have a bit more left in it. He, he, he sort of almost made the decision to, right, you can jet propel yourself to these two things now, or you can sort of, you know, be world number three for the next three years or something. That, that 18 months, wasn't it? Um, yeah. from, from the middle of 2015 when he, he, he helped drag Great Britain to that yeah. Davis Cup crown. He didn't do it on his own, but without him it was impossible, and he did so much of it. And he finished it on clay, etc., etc. And then the following year, his his first child was born here, wasn't it? Three three years ago, um, and he still got to the final. Um, and then he won Wimbledon. And then the the one that I was going to mention, Olympic gold, mm. that match that he played against Del Potro when was Del Potro, who incidentally, sorry to interrupt, David has just tweeted something. I wasn't going to bring it up because I'm not sure we can take any more <laughs> emotion, but can I just quote, sure. quote the man himself? I, I haven't seen this. Andy, I just, wanted, I just watched your conference. Please don't stop trying. Keep fighting. I can imagine your pain and sadness. I hope you can overcome this. You deserve to retire on your own terms whenever that happens. We love you, Andy Murray, and we want to see you happy and doing well. Sorry, David. <laughs> As you were. It's always one Martin, isn't it? He's always (laughs) the one that just sends you over the edge. (laughs) Certainly is for me, anyway. (laughs) Crikey. Well, um, yeah. You should finish your point. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, but but actually that that match they played, and uh, I think because Del Potro was in a similar sort of position to where Murray is now it, it, he'd, he'd seen the last rites of his career before him and he'd, he'd managed to find a way and I'm sure that's why he's saying keep fighting because he knows what it's, he knows what this is like and those two wrestling over the bone that was the tennis ball that day um, was and I wasn't there I was watching that on TV but I mean that was that was one of the most emotional matches I've ever watched I felt so, so moved by it, by it all, um, and uh, yeah, it's one of one of many, many memories. Um, 
you know, that, that, that will always have of, of Andy Murray's career. This so. won't be the last of our tributes to Andy Murray, will it? We'll, um, no. we'll, this do, is, we'll do something This is immediacy. This is, <laughs> this is us trying not to cry yes, on a <laughs> for podcast. half an hour. On a podcast, yeah. yeah. Um, we should say uh, a couple of other things. We're going to get into the draw, I think, tomorrow or, or, or on Sunday because it doesn't really feel like the, the right time to do so. But there has been some British success uh, today. Dan Evans has qualified. Harriet Dart has qualified. Both hugely, hugely impressive and very differing situations, weren't they? You, you were out there for, for Evans's match. I did, yeah. Thank goodness for Dan Evans. Uh, and Harriet, I, just have, I, I, they, I think they both clinched match point almost sim- simultaneously. And uh, court 15 where Dan Evans was, was was closer to where I was. So I watched Evo. Um, and it was like, it felt like, <clears throat> you know, when I don't know, you see you see a bit of awful Brexit news on the telly, or you look at your Twitter timeline and something bananas and dreadful from Donald Trump pops up, and you just think, you just disappear into a well of absolute despair, and then someone sends you a video of an animal doing something funny or cute, you're like, yes. <laughs> Thank you, universe. I needed that. Dan Evans today was my funny animal video. <laughs> it was my dog doing a and guilty he's, he's face got, He's got video. himself, he's coached now by David Felgate, which I think is a masterstroke of a coach. A man side. with the best tan in town. <laughs> um, yeah, I was sat just across from uh, David Felgate. Leon Smith was out there as well, looking like he was wearing a full tub of sunblock. <laughs> Good on you, Leon. Uh, slip, slap, slop, as they say out here. And... I love watching Dan Evans play tennis. I know, you know, let's not talk about Dan Evans, the man, the the brummy, but Dan Evans as a tennis player is a joy to watch. And he was, he was brilliant today. He was chasing everything down. He looks fit. He wasn't wilting in the heat. And that, that court is, there's no shade on it. Um, he, yeah, he looks trim and so pumped. He was providing a running commentary on every single point. Um, none of it broadcastable, but all of it brilliant. And uh, uh, well, I think we both think he could be our <laughs> if he had to have money on a Brit in this tournament. Yeah. To go the deepest. I mean, all uh, draw aside, you'd go for Kyle Edmund, but poor bloke's got Thomas Burdick in the first uh, round. I don't, so I don't think Evans's draw has. It hasn't. I mean, we don't know what that TBC, is. Either. but he was in good form. And mm. Harriet Dart, who I who I didn't see, sorry Harriet, but her first ever uh, time qualifying for a main draw good and she she lost the first set quite heavily I think so good on her something always happens at the Australian yeah. Open for us Brits doesn't it Kyle Edmund last year out of nowhere Joe Conta semi-finalist Andy Murray five-time finalist so maybe maybe there'll still be some rabbit that we can pull out of some hat somewhere in a Davin I'm telling Dan you Evans it's going to be it's going to be Dan way. Evans <laughs> okay Solihull's right. finest okay well we will come back uh tomorrow and do another podcast i don't know what about what time exactly or anything else uh, but we'll do that um it is beautiful sunny weather here i'm not trying to rub it in but it is um and we have been the tennis podcast brought to you in association with the telegraph executive produced this year by tennisballs.com 
if you want to become an executive producer you can uh, still because our Kickstarter runs until Monday realise we've already funded it certainly on the surface of things that may change if people start taking the money out which happened uh, uh, right at the end last year uh, one or two did when they realised we'd already been funded so please don't do that because it's not fair on the rest um, but anyway you can you, you can still get involved you can still introduce the show you can still enter the predictions competition you can still have your name on our tennis podcast backers page and well whatever we get we will put to good use in order to fund us to be able to keep this show running and try to do the best job we can so you know it's not wasted chip in if you if you if you can if you want to and uh we'll we'll appreciate that but a huge thank you from Catherine and myself and grad matt who now will hopefully accept our job offer that we're going to be able to give to him um but embarrassing no, if he says no now it would be a bit wouldn't it we probably should have checked that before <laughs> anyway uh, as things stand we are funded and um well a huge thanks from us to you yeah but that's it that has been the tennis podcast on a day that andy murray has told us that his career is coming to an end we don't know exactly when but it appears sooner rather than later and let's enjoy this last little bit while we can and we'll be back with you again tomorrow cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.